just all of you, not just, it's like something like, <laughs> I want to ask you to, um, that thought in your mind about what Christmas means to you, the most special thing about Christmas to you, I want to ask you to explain it to the person next to you without using words. I just try to describe it. All right, so go for it. Just do that quickly. Try to describe to the person next to you um, what Christmas means to you without using words. You're not allowed to talk then. I hear a lot of talking. It's kind of strange. It's not really allowed, you know. And if you find that your person who explained Christmas to you without words did a really good job, why don't you just lift your hand? You can now expose your friend. <laughs> oh, is it? She said that. And if your friend is prepared to come and do it from the stage, that's even better. Huh? Why don't you just see whether any friend that will come up to the stage to come and show it. Is it? <laughs> Anyone? 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 When there's, a, there's a little reward for those who want to come. <laughs> ah. So that was, that meant love, hey? What, did, what are you going to, are you going to first do it? Love, all right, good, good. That's great. What do you want to describe? You can't look at me, you've got to look at the people. Oh, the fact that he's smiling is brilliant, isn't it? Way, way to go. Anybody else? One more. Ooh, hugging, I don't know, hugging, family, anyone? Oh, for both of you, I need to give, hey? Jeez, way to go. All right, thank you. You can sit down now. Those of you that um, wanted to come up and still need to have um, it you know, performed in front of the people, maybe just do a video recording of that and mail it to us, and maybe there will be some smarties left over. Anyway, um, I do have some more smarties in that, in that uh bag. So if you pay close attention as we progress through the morning's meeting, there may be some more rewards coming your way. All right? So please take your, talk to your friend and say, you've got to stay awake. There's more smarties coming. All right. I want to ask you, I'm involving you as much as possible because this is not the normal time for us to meet. Eight o'clock is very early for many people. And so I've got to try to engage you as much as possible. Because people tend to not be awake at this time. So you're going to help me. But I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, which is kind of strange to do that right now. Because maybe some of you would fall asleep. So please just don't, don't do it for too long. But I really want to ask you to close your eyes. I want to ask you to picture something with me. All right? But you've got to close your eyes. Which means that you can't be on your cell phones. <laughs> it's the one moment that I can deviate. I try to move away from these um, electronic devices. All right, all eyes closed. You're not allowed to look around anymore. I said, just like. <laughs> um, I want to ask you to picture something with me. And it's actually someone. Eyes closed. I'm not trying to manipulate you into anything, so don't worry. I'm not going to rob you and take your wallet from you. I want to ask you to picture Jesus. Just think about Jesus. And set your mind on an image of Jesus that may come up. If you think of Jesus, I'll give you, I don't know if these are hints, but because where he grew up and where he was born, he was probably kind of like a darkish skin, brown skin color, a lot of sun in that area of the world. He would likely have had some maybe dark hair. Maybe it was long, I don't know. 
Maybe he had a scrubby beard. I don't know how tall he was, but just whatever image that you have of Jesus that comes up. That's cool. You can open your eyes. I want to ask any of you this morning that in the image that you had of Jesus, you saw him smiling. Anyone? One, two, three, four, five, six, ten, eleven. It's like um, a tenth of us that saw Jesus smiling. I wonder just why that is. That we often do not consider Jesus as one that would smile at us. We do think of him quite serious because what he came to do is a serious thing, isn't it? He came to die. It's not a, it's a laughable matter. But there's something about Jesus that I do think that often we miss. And that Jesus was a happy man. He came and he introduced joy to this world. We just sang about it. I mean, if you think about the words of that song, joy to the world. It's not like, joy to the world, the Lord has come. And I'm not trying to mock it. I'm just trying to say that joy is something that releases something upon our lives. And when we think about Christ, that's really what he came to do. I want to ask that first word to just go up on the, on the board there. Uh, there you go. I want to ask anybody to just read that for me and say it. Anyone? Sorry, just shout at one. Yeah, please. Kappa, all right. Anyone else? Sorry? Kara. Yeah, close. Anyone? Kappa. East. It sounds very in the bill, eh? <laughs> all right. Anyone? There's a, there's a price, yeah? You want to try? Uh-uh. So this is a Greek word. And um, the, the Greek letters, they are different to the way that we would use letters. So the first one, the X, is spelled ha. And the second is R. The third is a P, but it's actually pronounced R. And so the last one is a long A, which is, means that it's pronounced hara. Hara. All right. So, anyway, you tried well there. Good one, Mark. Um, it's the closest. You, you. Sorry, just about these smarties. I had to go through all of them and just suck off the, um, the colors so that they all look the same, so that you can't compare and say mine is better than yours. I had more red and pink or whatever else. So, I just did that quickly for all of you that we're on the same level. All right, politically correct stuff. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, the word chara, say with me, chara, means joy. That's the Greek word for joy. And so when we look at what the, the, um, the whole New Testament talks about, every time that it introduces the word joy to us, it's this word, chara. We find joy in the life of Jesus. And um, I just want to take you to a few examples quickly in the short time that we'll be together. And showing you that when Jesus came, he came to introduce this to us. The world was without real joy. 
without, before Jesus came. I mean, they, people smiled and they had a good time, but the real joy that they needed was found in Christ. And Psalm 45, verse 7 to 8, let me read this to you from the, from the screens here. It says, and it's, this is a prophetic word, and it's talking about Jesus to come. So Psalm 45 already talks about this, and it says, You have loved, talking about Jesus, you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore God, your God, God the Father has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Your robes are all fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cassia. From ivory palaces, stringed instruments make you glad. So this is talking about Jesus coming, that the Father in heaven has anointed him with gladness. And then Jesus arrives on the scene. And we read about him arriving on the scene even before he was born. He's on the scene. He's in the womb of, of Mary, his mother. And in Luke chapter 1, verse 42, we read the following. Now, this is Mary. She's coming to her cousin. Is it a cousin? Yeah. Cousin Elizabeth. And they meet up. And Elizabeth exclaims the following. She says, and she, Elizabeth, exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. So Elizabeth already had an understanding that Mary was carrying somebody special. Carries on. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? It's Elizabeth saying, the mother of my Lord. Amazing recognition that Elizabeth had of Mary, that she's carrying the Lord. And so she carries on. She says, for behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Who is the baby in Elizabeth's womb? Oh, that was quick, eh? That was quick, eh? Well done, well done. Oh, catching. Mary came with Jesus in her womb. Elizabeth had John the Baptist in her womb. And as the two met, Elizabeth says, the child in my womb lived for joy because he recognized that the Lord himself was in you. There was joy that came to another baby when Jesus arrived on the scene. How's that? There goes that whole abortion thing. Hey? There's no grounds for that, by the way. Anyway, Luke chapter 2 is now what we go into in the next portion. In verse 10, it says the following. So now the story is that, um, that Jesus was just born. And, and the angels go out into the wilderness. And they meet up with some people. Who did they meet up there? Anyone? Can anyone give me a name of one of the shepherds? John. Give me back your thoughts. <laughs> Somebody's going to try. I'm going to give somebody at least the smartest for trying. What are your name? What's the name? Mr. Shepherd. There you go. See, you tried, eh? <laughs> but John was like a little bit far up. <laughs> Could have been, John. You never know. Anyway, so, so the shepherds, yeah, the angels saying this to them, fear not. Because obviously, <laughs> these guys are just minding their own business. I don't know. And in the, uh, in the wilderness, and an angel arrived. How many of you had an angel arrived and, and um, just out of the blue? I mean, my wife does that often. She's an angel in my life, and she arrives. She's like, eh? 
<laughs> but anyway, this was now a real angel from heaven arriving. And so it's not, a, it's not an easy thing to see that happen to you. It's like, man, there's an angel. Oh, my goodness. And the angel says, fear not. Don't worry. He says, for this, for behold, I bring you good news. That's where the word gospel comes from, good news. And the good news carries with it great joy that will be for all people. And so this is an amazing thing, that the announcement came at the time where the Jews were governed and ruled by the Romans, and, and, and the angels introduces the world to something that they've never, ever had before. Great joy. It's amazing. There's so many other things that, that the angels could have said about Jesus, isn't it? Because Jesus brought hope. He brought peace. He brought salvation. He brought deliverance. He brought so many things. But what is the word that they use? Joy. Joy. Hence, I think when we think about Jesus, we don't often immediately think about joy. Hence, Many of you not coming up with a smile on the face of Jesus. And that's not wrong that you didn't have a smile, so don't be condemning yourselves, all right? The point is just that we do not immediately connect Him with joy. But boy, if you do read a little bit more about Him, you will find that there's so much about joy. Luke 4, can we read further? Luke 4 verse 18 is another portion in the Bible where Jesus is now preaching. And he introduces something about himself. It says, he's saying, he's, he went into a synagogue, just a quick background. So he's there and he takes up the scroll and he, and he reads from it and he says, this is what I'm reading. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And then and it carries on in verse 19. It says, and he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. So Jesus was yet quoting from a portion in the Bible. Anyone? Yes. Isaiah chapter 61 is good. Jeez, I'm running out of smarties. I'll probably have to stop soon because I need one as well. Oh, yeah, I did, I did suck off all the coloring, yeah. But it wasn't the real, I never got to the chocolate, eh? That's where the real price is. All right, there's one left. <laughs> so Jesus was quoting from Isaiah 61. And can I turn for you to Isaiah 61 and just complete what this prophecy says about Jesus? It, it, it obviously confirms what he had just said. And that he, will be, that he will come and proclaim liberty to the captives and open of the prison to those who are bound. And then he says to proclaim the, Lord, the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to grant to all who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes. And then he says this, this is what I've come to do, to bring oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. Jesus confirms that he has come not just for salvation, but he has come to bring joy into our lives. So I'm glad that you're happy about that. It's like a serious moment. You're like, serious? Did he bring joy? Yeah, he did. 
He was a joyful person. I picked up a little book, and I, and I haven't been able to buy it yet, but I just saw it, that there's a guy who spoke about, he wrote, the title of the book is The Humor of Christ. And this guy wrote about stories of, in the context of Jesus' day, it was actually so funny. We have lost a little bit of the humor through all of our translations of how funny it was when some of the things that he said was hurt. It's like, hey, buddy, you've got a log in your eye. Eh? <laughs> it's like, oh, sure. That's funny stuff. Sometimes we become so serious that we forget that Jesus is fun. Jesus went around and had fun with people. Actual fact, when you read through the book of Luke, he ate all around. He had feasts, and then he would be in somebody else's home, and then he would be going there. They say if you read through the book of Luke and you don't get hungry, there's something wrong because Jesus ate so much. The point is when he ate, he sat with people and he had fun with them. Sometimes we think that Jesus was just a serious dude, like, I have come, you know, whatever. No, Jesus had fun with people. And that's why the, the, the shepherds heard this announcement of, great, of good news coming that involved great joy to people. And I know that we live in a world of sorrow. Jesus himself has said in Isaiah 53, it calls him a man of sorrows. That he went through much pain, but Jesus never lost his joy. He never lost his joy. And he said to us, I want you to be joyful too. He actually says these things. He says in heaven, he says, when someone, Luke 15, and we're not going to have time to go there. He says, and when someone here on earth repents and says, God, I'm sorry for my sin. He says, in heaven, the angels rejoice. They're like, yes, that's great. Somebody is repenting. They're like, they, they throw a party in heaven. Because of what happens on earth. Isn't it possible then if we look at what Jesus taught us to pray? He says, pray this prayer. Father, let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if heaven has joy, because all of us think that, I'm sure you do, I hope you do, that if we depart from here, we go to a place where there's much joy. The box will always be winning. The highlanders sometimes. <laughs> no. No, the point is that in heaven, there's something that we need to tap into, not only when we get there, but while we're on earth already. And so the angels came to introduce that to earth. Great joy has come to earth because of Jesus arriving on the scene. There's this beautiful prayer that Jesus prayed before he died for our sins in John chapter 17. Now, if you ever want to read a great chapter in the Bible about how Jesus talks to his father and to his dad, you read John 17. John 17, he prays for himself. He prays for his disciples that were alive at that time, and he prays for his future disciples, which include us. In John 17 verse 13, in this prayer, he says the following. But now I'm coming to you, talking to his father. And these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Jesus is saying, I've come. I am joy. I am chara. I bring joy to the earth. And I want the people on earth to enjoy my joy too. 
And people often say, well, I don't know about this happiness thing, that God doesn't really want us to be happy. He wants us to be holy. The most holiest thing you can do is to be happy sometimes. I don't know about you, but you read about Jesus and you see him hanging around with children. Uh huh. You see that? Actual fact, the disciples, no, no, you can't have children come to Jesus. He's like a holy man. Jesus is like, no, let them come. People who are fun draw others to them. Come on. You love to be with those that are fun to be with, isn't it? It's like you see children who they go to. And if you don't have children come to you, maybe just ask the question. <laughs> maybe I'll become so serious. <laughs> the children don't even want to come to me anymore. The children ran to Jesus. Makes you think, doesn't it? And so in order for us to understand the joyfulness of Jesus, we've got to look at those simple things of saying, Man, he loved it when people came to him. He loved it when sinners came to him. He loved it when children came to him. Jesus was fun to be with. And Jesus was fun because he wanted to introduce us to the Father. And so the happiness that he had was an illustration of the happiness that he found in his relationship with God, his Father. And so when we focus on Jesus, we see more of the Father. I encourage you, joy is godly. And joy comes from our relationship with God. And God wants us to enjoy happiness in Him. Jesus is our best teacher to help us understand what happiness or real joy is. And may we learn from Him. Actual fact, the Bible instructs us the following, and I'll just let those verses be up there. You can write them down and go read them at your own time. But Psalm 37 verse 4 says, this is an instruction from heaven. All right? It says, delight yourself in the Lord. He's like, come on, be happy in God. It's like, don't walk around like you've been baptized in lemon or something. Lemon juice. You know, it's like the sour face on your... Psalm 32 verse 11 says, be glad in the Lord. Psalm 100 verse 2 says, serve the Lord with gladness. Romans 12 verse 8 says, do your acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Philippians 3 verse 1 says, rejoice in the Lord. And 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, rejoice always. God wants us to be a happy people. Not because of the moments just in our lives. Not of our circumstances. Because our circumstances don't lean towards that, isn't it? I mean, how much happiness do you find in some of the things that we go through? But we find joy in Him. And the joy of the Lord is? I heard there, strength somewhere. Oh, is that you, Tina? Well done. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So you become weak. You find your, pres- your, your, your moments with Jesus and you lean into him and you find joy in that. And that becomes your strength. And this morning we are celebrating the greatest event that the world had ever heard of. And it culminated in the death of this amazing, amazing moment Jesus was born, and as when he was born, he brought joy into our lives. Where we find in the midst of all of our pain and sadness and sorrow, may we find a person who is joy and run to him and sit with him and engage him and see him change our perspective. That joy comes in the morning 
every new day. We start and we say, God, yesterday was tough. It was rough. It was sad. But I find my joy in you. And so, Father, I pray this morning, as we prepare our hearts even right now to, to celebrate what you've come to do, you've come to give your life as a ransom for many. And Jesus, I thank you that what you came to do is to set us free from sin, deliver us, Lord God, from our past. But you've also come to introduce us to something so beautiful.